Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com. I, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, am an unqualified success. wrestling promoter throughout North America. I kicked every one of their asses. The fraud, the messing with me. What's your secret? More than any one quality that makes me the successful man that I am. Ruthless aggression. So I want to know here tonight, as you stand here on my ring, which one of you has that quality? Who among you has that one single ingredient? Who has enough? North South Connection, welcome back to the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast. I'm your host, Jake, uh, going through the Ruthless Aggression era on the road to he- uh, I'm sorry, on the road to Headstrong. Uh, bad Blood, that is. Freudian slip there. Uh, joining me still on the road to Bad Blood is uh, Mr. Keith Langston. How are you doing, Keith? Headstrong, headstrong. I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling nice. okay. It's, uh, you know... Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. We got uh, got to. We'll, we'll see how these shows go. We're on the. We're like on the go home, go home, second to last. So we'll see. What, Things are starting to shape up. Mm-hmm. What do you think would have happened if Vince had debuted his like his Mister Swirly mustache back in two thousand and three during this era? Like, <laughs> oh man, it's been incredible. Like he comes out after the lie detector test with the. Uh, like, what do you call it? what do you call like that type of villain like a um like a baron or something like yeah. there's like a yeah, the baron yeah yeah like uh yeah see mr america and like he does his own alter ego like mr yeah. america he's he's guy he's, uh, guy incognito <laughs> he's guy inco- i am guy incognito he's uh joey joey jojo shabadoo <laughs> <laughs> 
It would have been, been incredible. I mean, I'm looking at the picture of him doing the uh, at the at the thing at the, uh, the whatever the release there for the new TKO, and I see him with the friggin' mustache and the black hair, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Vince, you're almost 80 years old. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What was that guy? I'm sure this was like memed or something at the time because there were so many Vince mustache memes. But there's yeah. a guy from like Wacky Racers that would like chase Penelope Pitstop. I can't remember. Dick Dasterly, was that who it was with the mustache? Yeah, Dick Dasterly, yeah. That's go. exactly who Vince looks like. He looks like Dick Dasterly, which would make sense because that's probably where Vince is in the uh, the current, you know, like his current pop culture references is like, oh, now I'm watching these, <laughs> watching these shows from the 1980s, guy. <laughs> right, Hanna Barbera cartoon. Yeah, it's Hanna Barbera. <laughs> Good shit, pal. We'll, we'll see all Vince. He'll be on SmackDown. It's going to continue. We'll see how this goes. Yes. Um, but before we get into the shows, no real news notes. Well, I, I decided for the news part, we'll talk about this now because it'll be brought up on the show. Probably a better spot to talk about it. But you may have some thoughts on this, Keith. You're a an old school fan for sure. But they're going to mention, and it's wild because he was just on the shows a few weeks ago. I think before you came on for this set um he was actually on raw which is Fle- freddie blassie he mm. released a book and we're going to find out in this episode he sadly passed away um uh, lived a long and of course eventful life i think he was 85 um, yeah. when he passed here so certainly you know lived a long and full life uh you know quite an icon of wrestling started i think all the way back to the early 50s i want to say he was around uh yeah but uh, any thoughts on this since uh, he is a pretty big icon in wrestling he was. I mean, he was part of the uh, the original like magic trio of managers too, right? I think it was it was right. what Blassie, the Wizard, and uh, and um, oh my God, Captain Lou. Um, I liked Blassie. I mean, that was kind of like obviously he was at the tail end of his of his uh, run in the company, even as a manager. By the time I had started watching wrestling, but I mean, he was still considered like always a legend whenever they came out he got the pomp and circumstance that he deserved uh i i did like blassie i always kind of thought he was goofy more goofy than than dangerous but that could have just been because of the times uh, i'm <laughs> sure you know when i've gone back and watched like uh so one of the things that we originally did on on gfa live is we did like the best of the wwf VHS tapes, and I mean, a lot of that stuff was like kind of prime Blassie era. So you know, we got to see a lot of it. So it was kind of cool going down memory lane looking at that. But yeah, no, he did absolutely have a good knife. I never let, I never read his book. Um, mm-hmm. I never got his book, you know. But uh, I really, it wouldn't have been something. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't really that into the wrestling biographies, only because, mm-hmm. I mean. I always feel like any kind, anytime you have a wrestling biography, especially if it's even somewhat related to WWF, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get the best, the best, you know, stories. You know, you got to almost wait for them to completely not be, re- you know, relegated with them. So, but yeah, poor, poor Blasty, R.I.P. You know, all these years. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, at least as I've been going through this era, the one, I hate to say a good thing, but. Most of the deaths I've covered in this era that have come up in the early aughts have been guys who are far too young, like your Mr. Perfect's British yeah. Bulldog. So yeah. at least good to see someone who's at least elderly passing sure. away in this era and not in their 40s. So I guess that's a silver lining, maybe. And again, mm-hmm. during, during the Attitude Era, did the Dudleys put him through a table at one point? I feel like oh. they put, I feel like they put everybody that was old like, through a table. <laughs> Every elderly person yeah. who's ever... 
it's possible. I don't know if I remember that one. It's I remember obviously the Mula and May Young and all that, but yeah. I don't yeah. know if, if Lassie did. Yeah. But hmm. yeah, sad. <laughs> Certainly an icon. There's all kind of crazy stories about he had like his teeth shaved down and all this craziness. Like like you hear about all these guys who were wrestlers yeah. back in the old old days. So yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Classic right. Freddie Blacks there. <laughs> All right, well, that let's uh, let's dive into these shows here. So um, we are into June 03 here. We'll start with the June second, two thousand three Raw. Mm-hmm. We are uh, on the West Coast here, live from San Diego. I believe it's the San Diego Sports Arena. Uh, and we start off with the Rock arriving. He's in high spirits here, very jovial. He uh, kind of this whole little opening sequence when he's getting out of his uh, his car. I forget he's driving some fancy like SUV or something, but he suggests uh, kind of a face turn here. He's like kind of catering to the fans in this little opening segment, like hyping up the fans, like telling the Rock is back and everything. So we'll see how this plays out. But definitely, you're not seeing quite as much uh, Hollywood. I mean, he still look has the Hollywood Rock look, but not quite as like antagonistic towards the fans. At yeah, least not yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so maybe suggesting that's a face turn, but we'll see. Of course, this is, won't be the only time we see Rock, and um, with that, we'll head into our opening match. We're actually going to open with a six-woman uh, match, so it's going to be Trish, Ivory, and Jacqueline mm-hmm. versus Jazz, Victoria, and Molly Holly. So Molly, we haven't seen in quite a while. Um, it's weird. They've kind of just like she doesn't really have the the. I guess prudish character anymore. The look has changed a bit, like kind of starting to transition back to her old uh, Molly look, kind of just floating here, not really too distinct, but not quite in the uh, the prudish outfit that she had before. Uh, but anyway, we get a we get a brawl to start. Trish like boots Victoria around, uh, pretty high octane stuff, a lot of energy, women just flying everywhere, lots of quick tags, pretty cool spot where uh, Trish got hooked in a. The uh, Cobra Clutch and a Boston Crab at the same time by Molly yeah. and Jazz. That was kind of like the highlight spot for me. Things kind of break down in a, in a kind of a shocking uh, result for me, Keith. Ivory ends up beating Jazz clean with an X Factor. So oh. Ivory certainly not on our, you know, the three women of relevance here. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, Jazz has been presented pretty strong. So just kind of odd. I don't know if they're trying to set them up for something. But, and it wasn't even like, um, they didn't even play it off like it was really the tag thing. I mean, she beat her pretty clean, but I ended up going two stars of the match. I thought they had enough energy and a, a few fun spots in here to keep it entertaining. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a surprising finish. I think I went that as well, too. I mean, it's it's def, it's it's a match for the time, a matchup for the time. I mean, I feel like they're starting to – I mean, well, this is kind of like the where they're starting to push away from it being – um, honestly, like divas or just, you know, the women are just kind of really showcasing like you're starting to actually see like actual wrestling, which is kind of cool. Um, and I like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're not that far away from the full blown Johnny Laurinaitis diva run. So uh, I guess we're going to take these where we can, you know, take these moments where we can as and think of them highly. But yeah, really kind of weird that Ivory is the one that gets the win, considering yeah. that she's. Yeah, she's the lowest on this totem pole of, like, these six women. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of funny to me. Yeah, very kind of odd result. I guess, again, always with these, especially with the women in this era, it makes you wonder, like, are they setting something up? Or is it just, you know, a random result that could easily just lead to absolutely nothing? I have no idea, but yeah. it's it's odd. Jazz has been pretty dominant. Yeah, so, yeah. Know. Who but knows? She's a but... champion, too. I mean, you know, so that's kind of... Right. 
Yeah. I don't like when the champ. I I I still don't like when the woman when the women's champ or when a champ I should say loses in like a tag match. It's just I don't like that. I I I, I or like lose cleanly. Like that just always mm-hmm. bothers me because it's just. You're the champion. You should protect the champion. I mean, and I'm okay with, like, the champion kind of, like, ducking out and walking away, you know, like a honky finish or something. Like, I'm okay with that. It's just I don't like seeing the champs lose cleanly in, like, a tag match. Like, that to me just is kind of irritating. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even do, like, where Trish does a move to kind of set it up and then Ivory steals yeah. it. It's just kind of Ivory hits the finish and yeah, boom, done. Yeah. Real weird. All right, we had to Goldberg. He's here in his uh, muscle car, his Barracuda, as we're going to find out. Uh, Goldberg, obviously a big fan of the muscle cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's arriving. We're seeing everyone arrive here. It's like a nitro. Uh, and then we had to... Nitro. All right, <laughs> we go to JR. He, uh, we find out that he has a... Well, I think they did like a little video here where JR, they, we see his cookbook. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can vote. So our poll of the week on WWE.com is you can vote if you think... Uh, Yar's book will be an unthink like a flop. So, um, and he tells us the the book is for folks who like to laugh and eat. So, dude, Vince is such a dick. Like this, is, <laughs> right. this is just such a like. Why is he so fucking mean to Jr? I'll never understand. I'll never understand. This guy gave his friggin' life for the business, and Vince is just so mean. It's just that's exactly what it is. Is this gonna be a flop, pal? Like it's just that's exactly what it is. Ugh. Anyway. Absurd poll, absurd poll of the week. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there's JR's cookbook. All right, we then cut to Stacy. She's argu- arguing with Tess, and she has finally had it. Um, yeah. The funny thing about this is that, like, it's supposedly like she saw a video of whatever him and, you know, what I forget what he did. Like, I don't even know at this point, but she saw the video, but it took her like two months to finally get video footage, even though this is played on television, <laughs> national television every week. But uh, she finally got video. She's done with Tess, but he says that she is contractually obligated to be his manager. Mm. So I guess she has to reluctantly continue to be his manager. So the saga continues with Stacy and Tess and Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. I know you're thrilled. <laughs> All right. Okay, we uh we then head back to the ring. Uh, moving quickly here, we have Hurricane. He comes for a match. Um, but he's unable to have his match because he gets jumped by Randy Orton here, who throws him backstage, and then Evolution head down uh, and kind of take over the ring to cut a promo. Flair grabs the mic and starts cutting a promo on Shawn Michaels. He says uh, he looks up to him, but uh, he says that Shawn looks up to him, but he hasn't spent the money. He hasn't been with the women. He's just an imitator and just going full Flair, like ranting and raving. Uh uh, all I've heard about is Shawn Michaels. And he says, this guy here is the true, uh, showstopper. He bows to triple H. Um, um, he says something about, uh, I told triple H to never get off of a woman until she can't take it anymore. Just completely <laughs> off the rails here. Um, and he says that after he beat Sean, he will have a limo with women and booze. And he says that Sean will be his bitch. So, um, <laughs> That's um, great. <laughs> This was like borderline, like uh, he was tiptoe in that perfect line of like almost where Flair goes in like self-parody. But I thought he wrote it real here with the intensity, the craziness, the yeah. the ludicrous stuff. But he was all fired up. It was like vintage Flair. So I enjoyed this part quite a bit. Um, so, any thoughts on the on the Flair part before we get to HPK? No, I think it's great. I think Flair is just Flair's. This is great. This is like the final resurgence of Flair being awesome. And just, uh, you know, before he started to become 
almost a parody of himself, you know, and I feel like that's how he was like even the last few years. Like, I feel like this last run with Evolution is kind of like the last gasp for Flair. But no, I love this. I love this. Yeah, he was killing here. So, of course, uh, HBK comes out to respond. He says he knew it was risky to trust Flair like he did a couple weeks ago. Um, but he says Flair didn't pass him the torch. He took the torch by being the best. He stands. He doesn't need uh, to. Pr- he doesn't have to be with women and live the life Flair does. He stands by his ability in the ring. He was the new standard when Flair went back to WCW in 1993. So I thought that was a nice line. Just. Um, you know, mm-hmm. bringing a little history into it because that is around the time when Sean started to elevate. So uh, he says that Space Mountain is broken down. Throughout this, Flair's continuing. He starts spazzing out everything uh, Sean's saying. Um, <laughs> so I thought Sean was here, too. I thought he brought brought the goods here, too. I thought he was a good contrast to Flair. He tried to be a little more calm to kind of show, like I said, a contrast between those two. I like bringing up the history of, yeah. you know, him kind of taking the torch, whatever, Flair uh, hightailed it back to WCW. But Overall, I thought really strong stuff by both of these guys. It got me much more hyped for their match. Mm-hmm. It really starts to get in your mind like this is like a dream match. Like, yeah, they probably had some random seven-minute match in 1992 or whatever, but now we're going to see them like I yeah. kind of like the two icons going at it. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I mean, this – I mean, you're also talking about two guys that are just killer on the mic anyway. Um, I mean, you could have – you could give Flair – I always said that, you know, Michaels is kind of like he could wrestle a broomstick for an hour and it would still be entertaining. And Flair's the exact same way. I mean, if anything, Michaels learned that from Flair. Uh, it's just that's just amazing. It's 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 awesome. I mean, there's not really much else to say except for, I mean, this is like you said, it's a dream match. It's a better dream match than any of the other silly ones that we got. Like, I'm so glad that they had a lot of they had a good series of matches throughout, like, Michael's second run and Flair's kind of end run and stuff. I mean, people talked about Rock and Rock and Hogan. Like, no, this is my dream match. This is the dream match I wanted. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very straightforward, like what they were talking about, but it made sense. They didn't really need to overcomplicate it. Like, no. I love Flair bringing the nuttiness, like just going full batshit Flair and yeah. uh. Yeah, so it, it got me hyped for the matchup at Bad Blood. So they've they've built this better than you would think between, you know, Flair mm-hmm. turning on everything. It's been quick, but it's, I think, effective. Mm-hmm. And so to, to cap off the segment, we get, um, you know, Nash comes to join in the hurricane, and they kind of clear house on Evolution and, you know, send them scurrying away, to uh, which will set up something for later. But this is all about uh, Sean and Flair. So yeah. good stuff. Awesome, awesome segment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we will um, go to our next marquee matchup, which is going to be uh, <laughs> Scott Steiner versus Stevie Richards here. Uh, <laughs> Stevie, uh, he tries to attack Stacy here, and he pays for it as he gets some clubbing blows from old Big Papa Pump. Uh, Tess comes down and watches, like, starts smiling maniacally at the end of the ramp. Um, but this was like, I don't know, two minutes of Scott Steiner just destroying Stevie Richards. See, he beats him with a flatliner. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much a squash. And what... Tess standing at the top of the ramp. Not a whole lot going on here. Just, you know, pretty straightforward Scott Steiner stuff. What a half a star on Keith. Oh, I'm surprised. I, I, I well, <laughs> I'll, I'll change and give half a star. I mean, I almost just said dud, but I'll give it a half a star. You're welcome to dud. Don't, yeah. no, no shame. Mm, all right. So dud. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I hate Scott Steiner. I, I hate him. I hate him. I, I've hated him at every turn um, after he was like 1990. 
th- three, four. Like, you know, once he became Big Papa Pump, I was all set. Um, so it's going to be really hard for me to get anything more than a dud out of anything Scott Steyer does. Yeah, not the most inspired here either. I mean, it's just. I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah. Don't please don't beat me up if you ever see me. Yeah. <laughs> You're stay out of Shoney's, Keith. <laughs> The four Shonies that still exist. In I think, America, yeah, I think, I was still say, open. I think the Shonies is closed, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, most likely. I don't think there's many left surviving. Mm. All right, all right. So off of this, we go to Eric Bischoff. He makes a match for Bad Blood, and it's going to be for Stacy's contract. Mm. Which, to me, this is like, I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to go too deep on wrestling logic but why would Tess be happy about this match doesn't he already have the contract like and then uh, i thought about it, i was like and then again who cares i mean <laughs> whatever have the match i'm gonna think kayfabe maybe there's like a an issue where you know she's almost up on her contract so this is like he gets a he gets an uh, awesome renewal. extension and re- yeah renewal that can be like another 500 years or something like that you know like i don't know Another 500 years. Yeah, you have to manage me for 500 years. Well, it's a good thing you'll be dead in a couple, so that's good. Yeah, Uh, good old classic uh, non-consenting manager. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And being a woman, it's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? Right. All right. So here we get the they they kind of get the little trip. Uh, Jr. and King tell us about Freddie Blassie's passing, like we talked about a minute ago. Yep. And then we head to our GMs. We have Austin and Bischoff. They're here to set up tonight's main event. Oh, we are going to have a uh, a six-man tag. It's going to be Evolution, which sans Batista, so that'll be Orton, Triple H, and Flair versus um, quite a team here. Of, uh, one of these not like the other. We have Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, and the Hurricane, <laughs> which is fun for novelty purposes. Like uh, yeah. That's yeah. a wrestling trivia. Did the Hurricane ever team with Kevin Nash? So technically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Unbelievable. Um, but then they get into this whole thing about wanting to have a competition. And the end result is they, they talk about how they want to do an event. And Bischoff says, well, it has to be more than one event. It has to be something worthy of, you know, the whole show. So they set up. Austin suggests that they do a redneck triathlon. And he doesn't explain what that is. But we know at Bad Blood, there will be a redneck triathlon between Stone Cold and, and uh, Eric Bischoff here. Mm-hmm. So, um Probably not many redneck triathlons going up in your neck of the woods. Huh? Not in my neck of the woods, no. So have you ever had any experiences with a redneck triathlon or no? No, no. Um, more the redneck decathlon more is that. No, I haven't. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. This is. I want to say we only have one week after this to the pay-per-view, but I feel like they keep this pretty, like, you really don't know what it's going to be going into the show. Like, I don't think they reveal a whole lot about what this is actually going to be. So, yeah. Uh, We'll see. I don't know if you have any memories of this at the show, but it's. Uh... Um, I mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean. Good, I, I because it, it'll yeah. be great for you to be surprised. By. Yeah, because I'm trying to think like if I had to think of like a red, a redneck, deca- a redneck triathlon. I mean, I would have to say it has to do with uh, a lot of drinking because um, mm-hmm. it's Austin. I would say probably it should have been something to do with like either hunting or they're not going to shoot actual guns so i would say maybe like uh bow and arrow because i know austin was a big bow and arrow (laughs) guy too and then the last thing i would be would probably be like i don't know 
something to do with maybe a pickup truck, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to be insulting to any any listeners that are like, you know, they consider themselves to be rednecks. But, uh, you know, my, my damn pickup truck, my, my damn pickup truck. You got <laughs> you to do something to paint the side of it or some bullshit. You know, I think I think what you chose is probably much more flattering than what it's going to actually be. So <laughs> but I'll keep I'll keep you in suspense. All I'll right. Keep you in suspense. <laughs> All right, let's head to Goldberg. He's with Tara Reynolds with an interview. Um, but before he could really say much of anything, we then cut to Chris Jericho, who is throwing yellow paint on Goldberg's precious hot rod here, oh. um, which causes Goldberg to sprint, a full-on sprint to his car. Um, I did love the detail now. that I don't know if you noticed that the car was already running, so they want to avoid another snafu where Goldberg, you know, <laughs> floods the engine and can't get it to start like he did the last time. Yeah. So he kind of gets into it and uh, hightails in the uh, in the muscle car here. <laughs> so shenanigans. Oh. With, uh, uh. And then uh, this <laughs> good old uh, destroying the car angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not sure if that's what you need with Goldberg, but. Anyway, I guess he got to drive his, you know, Barracuda, so good for him. All right, but uh, because Chris Jericho is so, um, he is going to, just Jericho is uh, dealing with Goldberg. Uh, Christian's going to host a highlight reel here, and mm-hmm. he is going to have his guest, The Rock, and because it is his show, he's going to call it The Peep Show tonight. Ah. Uh, uh, he tries to... Uh, d- he finally says that uh, the Rock has been replaced. Uh, he's finally back. The Rock. Uh, the Rock says that he's on crack, <laughs> and then uh, uh, it just goes all kind of crazy. Rockism says something like, uh, "Your mom's a slut, your daddy's a hoe. I'm gonna whip your ass all over San Diego." So, mm-hmm. um, which uh, probably the best line of this whole thing was what he tells. He says, "Your mom's a slut, your daddy's a hoe," and Christian goes, "My dad's a pediatrician." <laughs> this is. Uh, pretty good line here but it, <laughs> pretty good. but again very face of, of rock here again christian's been the shit bag heel um rocks crapping all over him um getting the crowd to laugh at him rock says he's gonna ask the people if christian is the new people's champion he goes into the crowd and of course the crowd's like right with him has the crowd in the palm of his hand um they obviously crap all over christian so jericho comes in to cut him off he asked how he asked Rock how the spear feels since he felt it and Jericho has never felt it. The Rock tells him it hurt like hell. It's just like it's gonna hurt when he kicks his ass. But right at that moment, Christian jumps in from behind. They start to double team the Rock, and Booker T comes in to make the save. Um, we get Booker T doing the people's elbow, and he and the Rock stand tall. And then Booker wants Rock to do a Rockaroonie. So uh, the rock kind of postures around, teases it for a second, and then actually does a pretty good spin Rooney, obviously, because it's the rock. Yeah. Of course, he has a good spin Rooney. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of ended on that. Gives Booker T kind of like the rock rub here. Rock, full, as, as always, like rock does whatever he wants. He wants to turn face, and there's the crowd right with him. All he has to do is come make a few jokes about Christian. Uh, you know, your mom is a slut, your daddy's a hoe, and then the crowd's like right there with him. So has the crowd in the palm of his hand, turns himself face, and uh, you know, I thought Booker, you know, he got a little shine here. A few funny lines. I thought the highlight was the Christian rock stuff. I thought it was the most entertaining with the, you know, my dad's a pediatrician. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fun stuff. It's funny now because like, isn't Christian's big thing talking about people whose whose dads have died? <laughs> <laughs> my dad's a pediatrician. Your dad's dead. Your dad's dead. <laughs> you could say that to the Rock now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but, uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, I, it wasn't like some all-time rock segment, but I mean, it was entertaining enough, I guess. You know, it got him an excuse to get rock out there, which is is never bad. Yeah, especially considering that, like, I mean, this is like yet what another return. I mean, he. When was the last time the rock had been seen? I'm trying to think. Uh, was I it think the, he's pretty mm-hmm. after the Goldberg match? I'm pretty sure he's kind of been gone. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Like, so that's that's a couple months. You know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to bring him back. Plus, it's, uh, you know, it's always cool to see The Rock. It always is. Yeah, it's good. Gets a little heat on Christian. So, totally fine segment, you know. All right. So, we will, we'll keep on trucking along here. We're going to have the uh, the good old uh, have one member of each tag team face each other on the TV show uh, leading up to a title match. So, it's going to be Kane versus Rene Dupree. Um JR just shitting all over France during this match. He says, uh, the French don't like soap, <laughs> like all this, uh, ridiculousness. Uh, you know, they kind of go back and forth. La Resistance use some nefarious double team tactics while the ref, of course, the ref is worried about RVD outside. Yeah. Yeah. RVD tries to neutralize the, uh, the French, but, uh, he takes a nasty spill. Like he goes for like a, um, I think it was like a swanton. He just completely like, uh, fell on his back. So pretty vicious there. Yeah. Yeah. He splattered all over the outside. Um, and then, so La Resistance continue to use just blatant interference. And then, uh, Rene Dupree ends up stealing with a roll up. So, um, a real messy match. I thought like they never, I know it was a lot of interference and stuff, but not the smoothest you're ever going to see. And I don't know, they really haven't, I guess, I don't know if they're trying to protect La Resistance, but they just haven't done a whole lot in the ring. They're kind of hiding behind them being chicken shit heels, but they haven't really shown that they can do a whole lot in the ring. Everything yeah. is always kind of stealing over the roll up or some bullshit, but I went half a star. I thought, you know, Kane looked all right. He hit a few Kane moves, but it was so much interference. And to me, it wasn't put together all that, that great. Um... Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think I want, I, I, I kind of like, I liked the Kane and Rob Van Dam team, uh, mm-hmm. especially since like where it leads down the road. So I actually gave it a star, but yeah, not mm-hmm. much more than you. I mean, it is kind of sloppy. It is that weird. And again, I feel like La Resistance would have benefited from the days of the jobbers and the enhancement guys and being able to like showcase some of their moves, you know, and then, and then you go in and you go, but it is. It's like it's it's a hard time now that we're in the era of everybody's like superstar versus superstar, you know, because you mm-hmm. don't see a lot of the development of the guys who are supposed to be like being a chicken shit heel is great when you're going out there every week and beating up on jobbers, you know, so mm-hmm. it doesn't work when you're a chicken shit heel and every week you're running away from the, the, the tag team you're supposed to be fighting. It's a good point. Like we never get to see that they're actually a threat. Like, you know, these guys are like. You know, they're cowards, but they can go. Like, yeah. we never really saw that half of it. They're right. just always cowards. Like, just remember, Honky Tonk Man always beat the jobbers on on superstars, you know? Right. That's a good point. And I yeah. guess they're trying to, I mean, they're kind of getting off on this whole, like, you know, the French and the time period and what's going on and really that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, Very so dated. Topical. The WWE so topical. <laughs> of course. All right, now this next part I thought was very odd and kind of out of nowhere. So after this match, so obviously Kane lost, Stone Cold comes down. He tells RVD he's uh, he's dismissed, and he then he just, like, dresses Kane down, like, yeah. calls him lackadaisical. Like, he says, you're going to choke slam. He tries to get him to choke slam him. Kane won't do it. 
Um, they keep going back and forth, like you, like telling him Kane's lost his edge and all this stuff. Yeah, and he won't choke slam him. So and Austin tell him to do it. So Austin gives him a stunner. Yeah, it's so I, it was strange. Yeah, what'd you think, Keith? I thought it was I mean, very odd. It is very odd. I mean, again, like I like it's the beginning of. I guess the end of masked Kane, if that's the case, because mm-hmm. you know that that's coming down later. Actually, not that much farther down the card this year, right? Because I think it's is Kane like the next challenger for Triple H, like after this. I know it's coming up. I want to say it's this summer, so I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, because then I think it doesn't at SummerSlam. Doesn't Rob Van Dam face Kane at SummerSlam? I feel like. Um, yeah, something like that. But. Yeah, so I know mm-hmm. that this is where it's go, but that's exactly how it all started. Was like, was this is how it started? Where like Stone Cold comes down, he's dressing down Kane, and he's yelling at him, and he's telling him that he's, you know, basically you're a fucking pussy now, and he he essentially is trying to like get him back up again. And then that's when it led to the whole, like, unmasking. Like, you don't need that mask no more. So it's like, yeah, and this is kind of where it all starts. It's very odd. I mean, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, I I would be, it would be weird to see that play out in real life, like, on a yearly review at your job. Like, you know, you're, you're watching <laughs> yeah. stuff yelling at you. So, yeah. Yeah, very- it, it just felt so, like, out of left field. Like, they haven't really built this. Like, they haven't been, like building anything like oh man kane keeps costing him it just felt so like he loses one match where the other guys cheated and austin like lays into him it just felt so like it felt so awkward and forced it does i think it would have been it would have been a better thing to set up because if this is where they're going if this is the start of like let's get rid of the kane mask it should have been something where like you almost pitched this thing where austin says you know, I need to do something with our with the with the wrestlers here, and I want to start doing like performance reviews or something. And then you kind of go down that road where like maybe the first person he mm-hmm. picks is Rob Van Dam, and he gives Rob Van Dam this like stunning review about how awesome he is or whatever. And then and then he leads to Kane, and then that's where you can kind of go down this road of like you know Kane, your performance is being is is iffy at best, and then Kane loses a couple of matches, and then. You know, or he costs like Rob Van Dam a match or something, and then you go, "What are you doing? This is that," and then this is like tough love and whatever. But yeah, it's kind of odd how they started it now, this way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get where they want to get where they're going, but it was very abrupt. So yeah, uh, all right. We uh we see Triple H smiling outside of the ref's locker room, and he tells his Evolution pals he may know a way he can get out of the uh, Hell in a Cell match with Kevin Nash. So. We'll see what he means by that. And then we'll go to a tag match. We get a, a Booker T and Goldust reunion here as they're going to be facing Christian and Jericho after the shenanigans earlier. Um, pretty smooth action, as you expect from these guys. All pretty uh, good pros here. Uh, I thought Booker T was really good in here as kind of the anchor of this match. He was in there for a good bit of it. He kind of beats on Christian, hits the scissors kick. Uh and then, uh, so they, they go back and forth. Uh, Goldust gets the hot tag at one point. But like I said, Booker T ends up beating Christian with the scissors kick. So I was wondering, like, using wrestling logic, does this mean he does not win the title at the pay-per-view? Because that would, you know, kind of be what you would expect here. But a pretty solid tag match. I didn't go through a lot of spots. It was just kind of like four dudes who know what they're doing, like kind of working a pretty formulaic tag match, but executing it really well. Yeah. Always like Goldust and Ring. He's always good. Obviously, Jericho's Jericho. Um, 
he's kind of still in his prime window here. So everybody kind of just hitting their spots. But it was a lot about setting that up. And then we get Jericho um, attacking with the belt after Goldberg comes in for the save. And then um, the spot of the match, honestly, is so he goes to – they're building this whole thing, which I kind of like. It's a very simple thing, but it kind of builds to the pay-per-view. Like Jericho never being speared and like – constantly dodging the spear but he dodges it here and little nate just gets obliterated yeah yes. uh, poor guy and they have to like stretch him out and uh they keep it's funny because they keep saying like oh goldberg feels so bad but he really doesn't look like he gets that much of a shit honestly no, which not is at all funny. it is yeah uh, not at all he doesn't care at all yeah he's like talking to um to, to booker t and gold dust while <laughs> poor guy might be paralyzed to put him in a neck brace and he just kind of he like tries to like uh pretend like he has sympathy but i'm not buying it but that's just goldberg's stellar acting chops right there like, <laughs> I mean, the guy's terrible at everything he does <laughs> not a late era uh wcw fan on keith no scott steiner no goldberg well i mean no not for i mean no but i mean not for those <laughs> not for those guys Right. Other shit. But I, would, I, I went two and a half on the match. It was a solid match, you know. Get like I said, it's four guys. You have a pretty high, high floor with these four guys in there. Yeah, I actually went. Um, I I went two point seven five. I really like this match. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, dare I even say this might be the match of the night? You know, for this. Um, you know, we haven't finished the night yet, but you know. Yeah, yeah. it's possible. We'll, we'll get through it, but it's not going to have any stiff competition. I don't think. Uh, <laughs> right. And so the so the way this plays out is now we've we head to the refs and we find out that um, whatever Triple H did, the refs do not feel comfortable refing the cell match. They talk about Tim White got his you know shoulder injured yep. last time Triple H was in the hell in the cell. Yep. And uh, Austin, so Austin and Bischoff are scrambling. Austin says that he's uh, he's he knows somebody he can make a call to, and he knows one crazy sob that might be able to do the job. Right. So, and and you and everybody knows who that is. So. Yeah, I think the crowd was already chanting fully, <laughs> like during this segment. Honestly, I, I will say that I kind of like the the Triple H politicking, you, mm-hmm. it, like almost like it's in your face because it's not he's not really politicking like like a Hogan would or you know it's just like but it's that's what they're showing him to be doing, which I find kind of funny. I, I find it funny. Yeah, that's just, it's not like the worst angle ever. Like that the rest would be like, no, we're not. Like this yeah, guy's no. going to kill it. Well, they did yeah, that. Last freaking, time. Remember when they did yeah. that like strike angle? Remember yeah, that? yeah. Yeah. So, sure. Right. Good for you, ref. So, we'll <laughs> see. Not going not gonna to be a huge shock who Austin's talking about. Yeah. But. yeah. All right. But with that, we're already at our main event. It's going to be uh, Evolution in the Six Man versus HBK, Hurricane, and Kevin Nash. Uh <laughs> So, uh, all right, so we get, you know, we get early going, we get Hurricane and Sean. They kind of do some, I, I said some, like, 1996, like, uh, as they've covered Wrestling Warzone, a lot of that era, Sean would kind of do this sort of shticky stuff, like pseudo-comedy yeah. spots in here. So they kind of start off with that, like him and Hurricane sort of uh, messing around with Evolution. Uh, Orton comes in, turns a tie, beautiful drop kick, starting to see even early on, like, just how Chris Randy Orton is, like how much of a, uh, a natural he is. Mm-hmm. Lots of quick tags here, guys coming in and out. Finally, Evolution gets Sean isolated. Um, he gets beat down, worked over, and then he gets the hot tag to Kevin Nash, or maybe like the tepid tag, uh, which I also like they kind of worked in that 
the reason for the hot tag is like Randy Orton postures a little bit too much. Like he's like this yeah. cocky rookie. So I kind of yeah. like that little touch. Yeah. Um, Flair is bleeding. Not even sure what happened to him to bleed, but of course he's bleeding uh, by whatever move they did to him. Hurricane comes in. He has a nice little sequence, gets to hit a shining wizard, which I always enjoy seeing. Um, but things sort of break down. Triple H sneaks a pedigree on the hurricane. And then the finish here is very odd. Like, so he pedigrees hurricane. Um, he goes, uh, so I want to say Orton or whoever pins him. It's not triple H. He kind of snuck in and did it. And so Earl like counts the two, then does yeah. the thing where he checks the shoulders, even though it's obvious the shoulders are still down yeah. and then never counts the three and then calls for the bell. Like, yeah, no, like what was happening. It, it, it just looked like a straight up, like fuck up, you know? That's what yeah. it looked like to me. Like, whoops, I forgot to count to three, you know? Or as as Peter Winston would say, it's just Earl going into business for himself to make him look so, to make him look good, you know? Right before he ran out back and started selling t-shirts out of his trunk. Right. I, I have no idea what they're going for. Like, I don't know if this is going to lead to anything or is this part of the ref no. deal? I have, yeah. It, it's it's it got to be something because, I mean, it's not like it was a pin on Kevin Nash or, or Shawn Michaels. It's on the hurricane. You know, if like if you would, if I was to ask you, <laughs> right, who's eating the pin in this match? You know, it's the hurricane. You know, and so I don't know what it is that they're. I agree with you. I don't know what they're doing with this. Yeah, it's like some weird screwdriver or something. Like it'd be one thing if he him checking the shoulders is weird already because like they're obviously still down. But then he doesn't even count the three. No I, idea I, what they. I don't think I've ever seen Earl having to check anybody's shoulders ever. <laughs> like <laughs> right. like it's it's that's a Nick Patrick, uh, Randy Anderson type thing. And you know I've yeah. never seen him. I've never seen Earl having to do that ever. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, uh, but the match itself, I went two and a quarter. It was very, like, express lane. Like, it was kind of abbreviated. Not really enough time to really do a six-man properly, honestly, to get everybody in there for any real chunk of time. But they all got their shit in. But the, the finish was real wonky. Yeah. I thought Nash, like, he's just not still not getting the reaction. Not a whole lot of intensity from him. Like, not moving super well, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, two and a quarter for me. That's um I did about that. Yeah, I think I went two. I think I went low on the two. And a lot of it has to do with the the, the ending kind of irritated me, you know? Yeah, it was real flat. The, it had killed the crowd. Like, they had no idea what was. Cause, so we get that. Then they try and get Nash to come in. I've, I wonder if they called this on the fly. Because Nash just comes in and power bombs Triple H. Like, I wonder if they were just trying to yeah. bring the crowd back. Because <laughs> the crowd was just, like, confused. Completely baffled as to yeah. what the hell was going on. So, yeah, yeah. So, real... Odd ending to the show. Like, I don't <laughs> know what they were trying to accomplish here, but so that's how we go. Um, Kevin Nash powerbombing Triple H to a dead crowd. <laughs> so there's your Yay! Send the crowd home happy. Send the send the crowd home confused. <laughs> yeah, they were they were completely confused. But mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of they wraps up Raw. It was a pretty I don't want to say quick because it of course has a thousand segments, but pretty straightforward Raw. Not a whole lot of craziness here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought. <laughs> It's kind of lifeless at points, but I did think they built stuff. Um, definitely the highlight was the the Sean and Flair promo. I thought Rock coming out was, you know, okay enough. And I guess they're building to the main event with Triple H and Nash. Like, they at least did something, even if it was kind of like, you know, not a whole lot. Yeah. So I ended up going four out of ten to be just a little bit below average, just because there was really not a whole lot in here. Like, like nothing too memorable for me. 
four out of ten seems about right. Um, I would probably go there as well. I mean, it's yeah, uh, like you said, to kind of. I, I mean, I did like, like I said, I think the match of the night was the was the Booker T Goldust Jericho mm-hmm. Christian match. Um, I think right now they're probably the they're the best attraction. I think the four those four guys are the best thing, or at least those three guys with Booker T. Christian and, and Jericho, those are the best three guys right now, I think, on Raw. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that they're doing they're doing a great job kind of keeping the people entertained and, you know, that whole thing. So, you know, I, I'm actually, like, I'm looking forward to the Intercontinental title match, you know, which is something right. that probably was never said in 2003. <laughs> so, Right. And even though the TV, I think, is not like this Raw wasn't fantastic, I do kind of like the matchups they're building. I think they are kind of putting together a decent card for Bad Blood, sure. like... Yeah, like Goldberg, Jericho's cool. Uh, Flair, you know, mm-hmm. HBK is cool. The, mm-hmm. Like you said, they're doing a good job of making us want to see Christian get his ass kicked. Yep. And maybe Booker gets the hometown win. So, right. yeah, I think the the on paper, it's looking better than maybe the build. Yes. It's looking. All right. So we wrapped up Raw, a little, you know, typical O through Raw, and then we'll head to SmackDown. So mm-hmm. we are live from Anaheim in the pond. June 5th, 2003. And we will open with uh, Piper's Pit. So Piper's still chugging along here. I thought he might have bailed by now. But uh, they open the show. He and his uh, compadre, Mr. Sean O'Hare. And their guest is going to be Zach Gowan. Uh, Piper goes into some rant. I didn't even catch. He was talking about being special, everyone being special. But Zach Gowan really is special. Just I couldn't even track, honestly, completely what he what the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> it was kind of like one of these late era Piper rambles. Yeah, it doesn't totally make sense. But uh, before Mr. Gowan can come out, we get Vince. He shows up first, strutting around, and he says that he was actually wrong about young Zach Gowan. He's an American success story, just like he is, and he's going to give him a shot at a contract. So here mm-hmm. comes Zach down to the ring. Uh, Mr. America's still here, so. I can't say I was expecting Piper or Hogan to be on this show. I thought maybe at this point some shit would have happened, but they're still here. Um, But anyway, Vince tells us next week there will be an arm wrestling contest, and it will be for Zach Gowan's contract. (laughs) Of course, uh, Hogan or Mr. America thinks he's going to face Vince, but being the asshole Vince says he wants to face. uh, He wants to face Zach Gowan instead. And, uh, of course, in a, you know, Dick Dashley moment, he pushes Zach Gowan over and like uh, hightails out the ring, cackling the whole time, grabs a mic, and he says that Zach Gowan uh, in the arm wrestling contest has as much chance as a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. So, <laughs> there you go. So, I, God, he was so excited to use that line. You know, he's probably been waiting the moment he found that there was this guy with one leg. Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean... Every every joke ever made about a one-legged person, Vince is like, get that book. Get that joke book. And that's like a WWF fly. Like, I remember playing, like, the Raw video game in the 90s, and that would be, like, one of the can lines, like JR would say, in the PlayStation game. He's like yeah. a one-mega man and ass-kicking contest. So that's, like, in there. It's, like, yeah. in the WWE book of, uh, like, idioms or whatever. Yeah, this is things you could say. <laughs> yeah. So, uh bizarre so we've fully transitioned into i guess this being like a vince zach gow or we're definitely moving away from vince versus mr america into a vince zach gowan where we can go full vince like 
you know, comical cartoon character against this, mm-hmm. you know, amputee night two year old kid. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so bizarre. It's the, it is, it's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing like ever. Like what? Oh God. To be in that creative meeting. God, that would have been great. Like, I just want to be in that meeting. Whoever was coming up with it, you know, like it's not Pritchard. I don't think maybe it is Pritchard. I can't remember if Pritchard's back yet or not. Yeah, it could be. I could see it that. Sounds like a, it sounds like a Pritchard thing. That's that's why. Right. So, all right. So, we'll get hyped for that for uh, for next week to see if, you know, Zach gets his contract. Yep. Okay, we hit our first match tonight. It's going to be a uh, WrestleMania main event anywhere. It's going to be The Undertaker versus Chuck Palumbo. So, Taker still has beef with the FBI here. So, mm-hmm. still fighting the Italians. Uh you know, what surprised me most about this match is that Palumbo gets a good bit of offense. Like, you'd have thought this would have been full on taker domination, but, like, yeah. he gets, like, a spine buster. And he puts up a pretty big fight. His boys are helping him out, you know, obviously sneak in some cheap shots when taker gets thrown to the outside. Yep. But uh, even though Palumbo has a fighting chance, taker gets his shit in, you know, he hits old school, and then he ends up. Uh, pick it up the one with the choke slam, and yep. then he actually cleans out the entire FBI after. So I wonder if this was them kind of showing us that maybe Taker's moving on from this. Maybe this is the last salvo of Undertaker versus the FBI. So it has to. Be. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I went two on it. It was a totally fine TV match. Um, yeah. Surprised Palomo got the offense he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a. It's an O three Undertaker match. So I would probably say two at most. You know, uh, I mean, I I don't love this era of The Undertaker, uh, but he's okay. Um, I just, I always felt like he was kind of like, he was a tweener almost the whole time he's doing this. You know, because like one week, he, I feel like he, he's like, all about, he's about ready to go like full heel, I feel, at any moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's weird. It's weird. But uh, yeah, no, I would go probably two at most yeah he's sort of floating like whatever they need him for he's kind of in this holding pattern with the fbi and we'll see what they have cooking for him next but it certainly felt like kind of the end i mean he (laughs) he like one on three destroyed them so i know right it's gotta be it all right we see uh that ray mysterio's family is here for his big title shot so Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny here because obviously Ray's, you know, built from San Diego and so Raw is in San Diego. So they have to be like, it's like his hometown kind of, it's only 90 miles away. Cause we're in Anaheim, which is close. It's not super close. We're not actually in San no, it's Diego. Not, it's but... not really close at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah, it's um, funny. Yeah. We get to see little baby Dom here. Very mm-hmm. young Dominic, uh, yeah. super, you know, superstar Dominic. Sure. So they're here to support Ray in his big cruiserweight title shot that we'll see later. Mm-hmm. And then we get a recap of Brock Lesnar and the big show, all their mm-hmm. shenanigans that have been going on. And then we hear that they're going to face off again next week. So kind of already knew that was probably going to be coming after what happened last week. So mm-hmm. just kind of running through all this. We get the Freddie Blassie tribute. I want to say there was a video that got cut out here. I want to say they probably did like a highlight package that – Maybe got cut out for like uh, music reasons or something. They probably use like some, you know, song oh, yeah, that they can't yeah. put on the network. Yeah. Sarah McLaughlin or something. Yeah. I will remember you. Freddie Blassie. Freddie Pencil Necky. <laughs> right. 
All right. So with that, uh, you know, all pretty straightforward stuff. Just letting us know Brock and show are going to be face off next week. And we'll go to our next match. It's going to be um, the uh, wonderful thrown together tag team of Eddie and Tajiri that have been kind of like the highlight of SmackDown lately. And they're going to be going against the uh, just debuted Basham brothers. So mm. um, I don't know why, but the Bashams here have like this weird, like modern bushwhack energy. I don't know. It's because they have the bald heads and yeah. the, the pants or whatever, but Obviously, they're not, like, licking people or anything, but um, anyway, uh, Eddie and Tajiri come out in a nice, fancy black lowrider here, so um, nice swag for Eddie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bashams are weird. Like, I'm trying to see what to think of them so far. So they're definitely not presented super strong. They're, like, not quite a jobber team, but definitely just kind of in here to, you know, fill in some space. Yeah. Like, they're agile, but I feel like they're not really doing anything too, like... Like, like they didn't look a step slow. They hung with Eddie and Tajiri, but they also didn't do anything too distinctive. Like, I couldn't really, like, I'd be hard-pressed to tell you, like, a, a signature move that they did through this mm-hmm. match. Very no. kind of forgettable. Yeah, they don't look like they're fully put together yet as a team. And that they're just kind of, like, you almost like treading water, waiting for something to happen. Uh, which is possible. Like, you know, you got to start somewhere and everything. But mm-hmm. it does seem kind of odd that they brought them in to kind of just have them almost sit there, you know, like and not really do anything crazy, but yeah, they have like no character really. I mean, no. in here, they kind of, I guess the closest thing to a character, I know they say one of them is like kind of dumb, basically like Taz implies that they're stupid, which is yeah. the most character stuff we get. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, which is, that's not good. <laughs> you can't, you can't yeah. do that with a brand new tag team. It's like when they brought in Festus. Like, what? What are they doing? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, and again, they look like athletic guys. They don't look lost in there. Sure. They kind of hang with no. Eddie. I mean, Eddie looks great in this. He, like, he looks crisp as always. That, yeah. that movie's been working in where he does the uh, the wrist drag and the head scissors to both guys. It's just well, fantastic. The, the other cool, the other thing that's weird is, I mean, we're coming off of them having back-to-back bangers with the great world's greatest tag team. So it's like. You know, and then you go to this like grinding to a halt kind of tag team that they're facing. So, yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, we'll we'll get to it as we go through this. This SmackDown felt very like uh, WCW Saturday Night in like the early '90s to me. Mm. Like it, we're seeing all like the stars, but they're not really necessarily in any like big matches. You know, like Taker's fighting the FBI, right? You know, they're fighting right. the Bashams, and they look good. Like, I think Tajiri looked great. Like, Tajiri comes, you know, kicks the shit out of them, as he always does. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bashams are serviceable. They go in and, like, play their role. Yeah. And then they hit the tarantula and the frog splash, and that's it. Like, yeah. like a perfectly fine TV match, but just really nothing of any real note. Mm-hmm. So. Yes. So I gave it the two and a half, which is kind of how I rate something of that. Like, just perfectly fine average, yeah. but nothing Perf- you ever really got out of your way to see. Perfectly cromulent. Yes, I agree. Two and a half. Yes. All right. So the big, uh, the big marquee thing tonight is that Kurt's going to be returning. So uh, they're showing vintage Kurt clips. We get the one of him playing guitar with Stone Cold Mm -hmm. um, back in 01, which is great. And then uh, he comes out to his return. He returns to a huge face pop here. The crowd's super into him. Uh, He gets in the ring and actually asks for him to play his music again because um, I thought this was great because the crowd's not doing the you sucks out of respect when he, you know, for his return. And so he yeah. wants them to replay the music so they can say you suck 
because he misses hearing you suck. So that was great. <laughs> um, he says, been, uh, you know, recovery's been tough, but there was one person who stayed in contact with him, but before, a genuine friend, but before he can say who, Big Show interrupts him. Uh, show comes in, gets in Kurt's face, says that he never, Kurt never earned his respect, and he doesn't really care that he's back. Uh, he says Kurt can face him when he win, when Show wins the title next week. Maybe he'll give Kurt a title shot, um, and then he'll put him back in the hospital. Uh, Kurt tries to give him some Listerine strips and says, uh, you know, you put him on your tongue because he's saying that Big Show's breath smells terrible. Um, then he fires up and says he's not intimidated by Big Show. He wrestled at Mania with a broken freaking neck. So excuse, <laughs> this is such a good, uh, so excuse me if I'm not pooping in my pants, Mister Big Show, or whatever he said. <laughs> so good, like so serious but so stupid. Like, yeah. Uh, um, show grabs him right here. Here comes Brock to uh, get Big Show to scurry. Big Show says not tonight. And so we then uh, have a little Brock and Kurt stand down. Um. Kurt says uh, show has been given Brock hell. Brock calmly says that he's down for a rematch. Um, and Kurt reveals that Brock was the one who visited him in the hospital and they kind of do a little bro hug. So um, definitely establishes, I mean, as you'd expect most, you know, popular guys, whether heel or not, when you come back from injury like that, the crowd's going to miss them. So mm-hmm. they're kind of rolling with more of a face roll for Kurt, which makes sense here. Uh, I'm saying it like Brock now. Cause I've heard him. Kurt, <laughs> we've been Kurt. But, uh, yeah, just like a face roll, you know, some good Kurt lines in here. Good fire when he tells him, you know, he wrestled with a broken freaking neck. Yeah. I don't know. I love Kurt. I'm glad to see he's back, um, even if it's to the detriment of his physical health. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, Kurt's Kurt's the man. I mean, everything about Kurt Angle is awesome. It's funny, the thing with the replay and I missed the you suck chance. It's, it's, that's what happened when he came back, like when he got in the one of the Hall of Fame. Like he came out and nobody wanted to do the you suck. And then he was like, no, 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 do it. <laughs> I like hearing it. <laughs> it was funny. Yeah, it was great. He did like, he laid in the middle of the ring when they were doing the you suck and like, did like a snow angel. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I love it. Right. Yeah, so we'll see where, how this plays out. So obviously got Brock and show, and I guess we'll see how they're going to work Kurt into this now because they've kind of been, been hurting for heels for Brock to face, but if you're bringing uh, Kurt in as a face, it kind of, not sure where they plan to go with this. I guess we'll... Mm-hmm. See how it plays out. Yeah. All right. Ultimo Dragon's going to be debuting soon. We see a quick little video on him, which I'm excited for. Love me some Ultimo Dragon. Honestly, I forgot that he was even in the company. Isn't that crazy? Same, same. I don't remember this being a very... No. This is like one I want to see what actually like occurs with this, because I have very little memory of him in this era. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... We keep trucking along through the show. Uh, pretty match-heavy show, just kind of going through these. So we're going to get Cena versus Benoit. So fun match on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cena, of course, does his rap. Uh, he, you know, shits all over the Cruiserweight title. Says uh, it's like Lord Littlebrook versus Little Beaver or something. Uh, he does have the, he has the LeBron, the high school LeBron jersey. Very yeah. 03. Uh, very, very 03. Uh, Benoit has like a nasty black eye. I don't know what the fuck happened to him, but. I don't know if he got that in a house show match or something, but yeah, real nasty black guy. But yeah, um, very physical match here, as you'd expect. Anytime Benoit's in there, uh, Benoit just overwhelmed Cena early on, 
But, you know, Cena scrappy, as always, throws him into the post. Um, I thought the reversal spot they did, uh, Cena picks him up for the FU, and then Benoit kind of pulls him down into like a uh, mm. almost like an arm breaker DDT. It was pretty mm. sick. Yeah. Uh, it's the flying head, but Cena kicks out of it. Uh, we get a ref bump. Ref gets bumped in the corner. And I like this, too, because, like, it shows you, like, Cena's always ready to take advantage. Like, as soon as the ref goes down, he's going right for the chain to try and steal the win. Um, but Rhino comes in to stop him, of course. Benoit's, like, I guess semi-tag team partner still at this point. But Rhino inadvertently hits Benoit, which allows Cena to steal the win. So, um I guess they're trying to set up a Rhino Benoit implosion, which is kind of, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine, but they kind of haven't been partners really that much recently. So it's a little like, not really sure if it hits that much, but just a quick and physical match between these two. They can both go. Um, yeah. Cena continues to impress me too. Like to me, he held his own with Benoit in this match. So another solid, if you know, nothing spectacular. So I went another two and a half Keith. Um, I actually went, I went like, Two and three quarters on this because I really liked right. it. I thought that, yeah, I thought that uh, Cena really. I like I like this kind of version of Cena too. Uh, it's very different, obviously, than what he ends up becoming, but I do like it. And um, obviously, I'm one of the people who I will overlook the last weekend of uh, Chris Benoit's life and say like, well, mm-hmm. you know, he did do some kind of cool stuff and whatnot. So you know, I will overlook that occasionally and say like, this was something that was good. So. Yeah, I can dig it. So, yeah, you definitely started to see in this show because they were doing the brand specific pay-per-views that SmackDown doesn't really have a big show coming up. So they're yeah. kind of a little bit in this kind of floating like there's not a whole lot going on. Like the matches are solid, but nothing's really they're giving you a holding pattern. But yet, mm-hmm. as you see with like the main event, like there's some explosiveness because they don't mm-hmm. have a review this month. Yeah, exactly. So they are building some big matches up for TV. Like we got the Brock Big Show match. We got the Cruiserweight title match. Yeah, it's kind of cool in that regard. We'll get to we'll get to the main event, but it's it's not necessarily a bad thing. But you could definitely tell that they're not. If if anything, they're just not in a rush to feel like they have to build these feuds up, you know, for the in two weeks for the pay per view. So it kind of gives the show a different vibe. So, um, Next match, very thrown together here, is we have uh, Noble and Nidia are going to face uh, Tori and Rikishi. So, you know, new BFFs, Tori and Rikishi. <laughs> um, but, I don't know, this match was not a whole lot. It was just like a very basic tag match. It was like your weekly uh, excuse to get Tori out there so everyone can see Tori. It was pretty much what this was. Like, a lot of comedy stuff, like teasing Nidia, having to face Rikishi, and like, is Nidia going to get the stink face? And then yeah. he finally gets her with the stink face at the end, and then Tori comes in and hits her signature uh, neck breaker. But, you know, Tori is just, she's not that great in the ring. It's not really her forte. Uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny. Like, Noble and Nidia are always kind of funny. Like, Nidia gagging. After yeah. the stink face, which leads to neck break was okay. But again, not, I give it a star. To me, this was like an excuse to get Tori out there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I, I, a star is very generous. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the exact opposite of what the women on Raw are doing. You know? Mm-hmm. So, which is a shame, because I actually kind of liked Nydia. You know? Mm-hmm. And she's stuck in this issue. <laughs> this thing 
Yeah, her and Noble are good, but they've kind of forgotten about them. They don't really, they kind of don't give them any real feuds or anything anymore. They just kind of trot them out when they want, you know, when they want to give the crowd a chance to laugh at them for being yeah. goofs. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Even though Noble is sick in the ring, it's kind of a bummer. They don't give him more real matches. Yeah. Probably kill on velocity, I'm sure. Um, but with that, I mean, already again, but it's like the way the show's put together, it's so quick. It's just match, match, match. Like, yeah. And uh, we were already at our main event, so this is uh, it's going to be uh, well. We have a few, uh, we have a few things before, but we see Ray. He's ready for his title shot. He says his groin is good. He's been battling this uh, groin injury. Eddie comes in to give him some extra hype. Eddie is just electric here. Like uh, he's telling him, like, do it for the familia and all this. Just fantastic. Like uh, Eddie got me even more hyped up for this. Just the way he's like hyper Ray up. Um, uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, on Keith on Eddie coming in to cheer on his uh, pal? Sure. I mean, I love, I love, you're right, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie's hyping it up. Eddie, I feel like could hype up anything and it make it just mm-hmm. be that much more important. Um, again, like I was saying, you have just this, this is like a pay-per-view style main event, you know, mm-hmm. not a main event for a pay-per-view, but it's a pay-per-view match, you know? So yeah, I mean, this is, they're making it seem like the cruise. I like that they're making the cruiserweight championship a big deal, at least for this episode of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. No, I really like the build to this. I like the hometown thing with Ray, and it's mm-hmm. he's kind of been waiting for this title shot since he came to the company. This is sort yep. of like a a championship, like in WCW, that's sort of synonymous with him. I agree, it's cool, it's cool, and getting the Eddie Rub. Um, but hurt. before we get before we get to that, we have to get some McMahon drama before we get to this main event. As we got Steph meets up with Vince, she questions his judgment. Um, she threatens to sign uh, Zach Brown regardless if he wins the uh, the arm wrestling contest. Um, she says he's handicapped. Um, he's overcome so much in his life. Vid says that if she does that, he'll fire her, which I'm not really sure why. Like, seems like as insane as Captain America, Captain America, <laughs> Mr. America, mm. um, has been driving her, like driving him. Like, why didn't he just fire for that? But, you know, whatever. Uh, but then we find out that Sable is going to be Mr. McMahon's new assistant. Of course, she's laying seductively on the desk. Um, oh. Stephanie says, um, brings up the real life lawsuit that Sable sued them for sexual harassment. So she's upset that Vince would bring her in knowing that, uh, <laughs> you know, she did that to the company and pretty much says Vince only wants to bang her. <laughs> uh, Vince says that she basically says she's jealous, which is uh, strange. And then we kind of end this with like, Sable, similar to what she did with Tori, which I guess has been dropped, like giving Stephanie almost like the seductive look. So, oh, God. I don't know. It's like it's like Vince booking his own daughter into like a Cinemax movie here. Like, you know, like his jealous daughter is jealous of his mistress or whatever. And yeah. then they're going to like, the mistress is going to try and seduce her. I don't know. That was, you know, there's a lot going on here. We, we didn't need that. Thanks. Yeah. Like, and it's weird, like, Steph's talking about, like, her dad wanted to bang this woman, and, you know, like, you're only here, there's certain assets that you want from her, like, it's just real awkward, I don't know. Very. Yeah. It's so um, Yeah, just kind of random, like, I guess Sable's over the Tory thing, and mm. I, I'm i sure we're going to have some very uh, uncomfortable Vince and Sable stuff here, still oh, to yeah. come. Oh, yeah. 
All right, but after that, we get to the the wrestling, right? So we have a big main event, like uh, we mentioned. It's going to be for the uh, Cruiserweight title. Ray's been injured. He's come back. He's been waiting for this title shot. Matt Hardy's been parading around as a false Cruiserweight with his uh, compadres, the MFers. Awesome. Um, our, uh, our Matt facts of the night is that Matt is taller than Ray, and uh, Matt despises traffic. So mm-hmm. I think I'm actually uh, shared those two Matt facts with Matt. I think I'm taller than Rey Mysterio, and I also despise traffic. So mm, there you go. I think um, I, I also, uh, well, how old? Yeah, I'm taller than Rey Mysterio. I have to be. <laughs> right, I think so. Safe yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, but like you said, they, I like that they give this like the uh, the big main event title match feel. Like they do the thing where the ref holds the belt, like mm-hmm. kind of both guys looking. It, it kind of gets like enjoy this getting some spotlight, and I think this is a. Uh, you know, a benefit of them not building to a pay-per-view that they need to build up some kind of, and this is kind of what I was saying too, like a WCW Saturday night where maybe you get like these kind of the undercard matches or, you know, here nor there solid matches, but you kind of build to this like feature main event. I always love that in a, um, in a wrestling TV show, like big title match to close out a TV show. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like this whole vibe they have going here, but kind of very tight back and forth between these two kind of jockeying for, position ray opens up with a nice little flurry um but matt is smart he tries to get um you know keeps trying to get ray outside um so the mfers can attack but the ref quickly ejects them so he's kind of shut out of luck there uh ray hits a big uh seated senton to the outside as they get ejected but matt goes right back to work inside the ring on the groin area i thought his uh um i thought his uh limb work here was real good like taz does a good job of pointing out you know maybe a half crab or whatever doesn't look like it's specifically targeting the groin but he's like you feel it all the way down the pain trickles down cold mm. so i thought that was real good um ray keeps trying to use his aerial moves but matt kind of cuts him off but ray keeps grinding at him grinding at him hits a nice tornado ddt um Matt hits a side effect from, I think, the bell rope it was. That was pretty good. The near falls, I thought, as we're going down the stretch, we're getting real good. Like, I bet on a few of these, so real good stuff there. Matt catches the West Coast pop as Ray goes for him, and they spill outside the ring. Matt goes for the title, um, and so as the rest trying to deal with uh, that, they have Matt for sneak in and drop away with Ray with, like, a flapjack. Matt hits the top rope leg drop. Things are looking grim for Ray. But he uses that hometown resiliency, that 90 miles from hometown resiliency to kick out. Matt is uh, despondent. He doesn't know what to do. He's furious. Uh, and in his frustration, Ray is able to hit, get a roll up out of nowhere and get the victory. Celebrates with his family. Everybody mm-hmm. goes home happy. Ray mm-hmm. gets the big title win, um, which he should have been. This is the title he should have. But Matt's had a really good run. I think him as the kind of the heel that's like the fake cruiserweight has worked out really good. I enjoy the the character and all this. And they built this really well. Like he, he faced a good heel. The crowd was ready for Ray to win. So all in all, a very good package. I ended up going three and a half on it, Keith. I thought it was a really awesome uh, like TV main event and a nice little moment for Ray. I think I got caught up a little bit in the the moment mm-hmm. itself. I actually went four. <laughs> I went four. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, could see it. Yeah, I think they were just they were so it was so good and it was just such mm-hmm. an exciting you know finish and then just the I love like the big title changes like this and this is what mm-hmm. I like I, like you said it when you said like Ray's been waiting for this since he came into the company. It, it is. It's almost like Ray's been waiting since WCW closed. 
You know, like, or since he last mm-hmm. lost the Cruiserweight title in WCW, like he's been waiting to reclaim a championship that when you think of, when you think of like the Mount Rushmore of Cruiserweight championships or champions, Ray's probably in the George Washington spot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great overall. I really did. Yeah, it was really cool. It was awesome. And they built Matt up really well for this, too. Like, he's been champ for a while. He's gotten over as a heel. The character's yeah. good. And, so all that kind of comes together. And I'm and I'm a huge I'm a huge Matt Hardy mark. And, and the fact that, like, I I I actually like Matt's work a lot more than 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 um, uh, Jeff's. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I feel like Matt's like Matt's a true. I feel like Matt's a true main eventer. I really do. And he's a reliable guy, whereas, like, you know, Jeff isn't always reliable. I think Matt's always reliable. So, yeah, kudos to Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah, real versatile. Like, he's been Mm -hmm. good in this run of, like, being able to kind of work with the cruiserweight guys and kind of work that style, but then still play this character that's, like, he's really not a cruiserweight, but he can hang with these guys and, like, kind of overpower them at times, like... Um, and they played that up really well throughout this match, right? Like him constantly cutting off Ray was, but I'm with you. I, you know, honestly, I don't know. I'd probably have to watch some of Jeff's like peak stuff, but mm. I'm the same though. I really like Matt. I think he's much more versatile, if nothing else, for sure than, uh, than his brother, but yeah, he did great in this. And this was, uh, like wrap the show up a race celebrating with the family. I thought it was a bit of a middling show until we got to the main event, but I, I'm a big proponent. Like if you can have a solid show and then have a memorable, very strong main event that like means a whole lot for like a wrestling TV show. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'd probably go like six out of 10 on this because the main event is such a big thing. Get the Kurt malt, like Kurt returning. And then, you know, you have some solid matches on the undercard, even if they're kind of forgettable. So I think all in all of this is like a, an easy kind of show to watch. Easy yes. wrestling show. Absolutely. If I was to give it, I mean, I may even go, I probably can I go six and a half only because I would sure. say I would say seven, but the Vince stuff is just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Vince Sable stuff at the end, the beginning Vince stuff is great, you know, with the, mm-hmm. with the Piper, even with the Piper's pit and like that stuff is great. It's just the Sable stuff is just weird. And Vince and his like odd incestual obsession thing with Stephanie, like that just kind of <laughs> knocks it down a little bit. But again, you're right. Like this. The, the stuff with Kurt Angle, the stuff with, uh, even the stuff with The Undertaker and the FBI, like, all that mm-hmm. stuff is just fun. It's a fun show. This was a much more fun show than this week's Raw, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Move my, I thought the pace was much better. Again, even though the matches are not all, like, anything you're really going to remember all that much, they're, like, fine, entertaining little TV matches. Like, Yeah, yeah you can go back and watch the SmackDown and... Enjoy, like this is perfect. This is a perfect SmackDown to put down while you're like, at, if you're working from home and you just want like background noise. Mm-hmm. This is like the perfect SmackDown to have. Right. You're like, oh, this is where Ray wins the title. That's cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So that wraps up SmackDown. So I ran through these quick, but I think these are two quick shows. Like they're both kind of like, uh, yeah. you know, like we said, SmackDown's kind of a little bit of a holdover period. Raw's kind of chugging towards a pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. um, we'll run through some quick awards. Best match, I think easily we're both going to go with that main event, Ray and Matt. Correct. Which is kind of going to sweep a lot of these for me. Best moment after a winning title. Uh, yeah. Getting to see okay. young Dominic is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, yeah, him celebrating. Not that, but knowing, because this is even... 
this is before the uh, the the ladder match too. So this is like this is really beginning mm-hmm. of Dominic, which is so funny because of what he ends up becoming. <laughs> like right, he's the best Real. thing on the show right now. <laughs> Real long term booking. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, best show. So I'm gonna go with SmackDown based on our ratings. Correct. Uh, MVP. I'm gonna go with Ray. Uh, I would say Ray. Yeah. Close second to, I honestly want to say you could you could probably give like Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair for their promo Agreed. work, uh, but you could also Kurt Angle for his promo work too. So, but no, Ray's Ray Ray earned it. Agreed. Yeah, that would definitely be second. Like uh, definitely a shout out to Shawn and Flair. They were great in that promo. Um, LVP for this one. I'm trying to think back to. Anybody who, like, really sucked on these? Uh, 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 who was it Scott Steiner faced? Oh, yeah, Scott Steiner versus Stevie Richards or something. Yeah, Steve, yeah. I would say Stevie Richards just because. Yeah. Actually, you know what? No, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner because at least Stevie Richards knew he was in there with uh, with Scott Steiner. <laughs> so he's got to get he's going to get the nod over Scott Steiner for me. My LV, uh, my LVP is Scott. Yeah, I think Tess could be in contention for LVP, too. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, all right, some other shout-outs. So besides our MVP, definitely, like we said, Flair and Sean, for me, were some standouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Like we said, Matt, too, he held his own. He was very important to that main sure. event, played, a, you know, did his job very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kurt, would, like you said, was great. Yep, I would be remiss to not mention, of course, Goldust, Booker T, Christian, and Jericho. You know, I think that tag match was great. I also, I would like to give a shout out to the Hurricane. I thought that, you know, it was Mm -hmm. such a weird, it was a weird tag team having him part of that group, but he kind of handled it and he he hung with it, you know? Yeah, he's hung. He, I mean, I would love for them to move him to SmackDown and like do the Cruiserweight stuff like with Ray would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, awesome, awesome, solid performances there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of wraps us up. A pretty quick week here, but I think this was a straightforward week of TV by them. Like nothing really like historic happening. Just kind of tried it out there, building the pay per view. SmackDown's trying to you know just keep things, you know, give us a few little nibbles to uh, keep us satiated. But uh, what uh, what do you have going on uh, podcast wise, Keith? Well, you can always hear me every week on uh, GFA Live with my BFF in the whole wide world, Petey Winson. Um, and, of course, on the North-South Connection, uh, you can hear me on A La Carte with Keithy. The most recent episode uh, would have dropped with Petey on it, episode 9. And episode 10 will be coming out soon. And that'll be that's going to be a big deal because, and I'll drop this on this, it's my first uh, interview with um, an actual professional wrestler. And... Uh, Yeah, I'm actually really excited. So kind of, but believe it or not, even though it's a professional wrestler, we didn't really talk about wrestling the entire show. So uh, that'll be a big deal. That's a big deal for me. And uh, I'm really excited. He's a local wrestler, but he's currently, uh, you know, in training actually in L.A. and uh, at the uh, uh, at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo in Los Angeles, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. And um, that you can hear me on the on the Place to Be Nation pop feed, on the Pop Video Jukebox Song of the Day, I'm usually kind of featured on that pretty much like what, at least once or twice a week. So and and whenever I show up on Multiverse of Fabulousness, which is on the North South Connection, and then Chronoso Monthly, 
I like to say it. I'm a whore, and I'll do whatever I need to do. <laughs> and we love you for it. Yes, thank you. And you can always check out on uh, – you can always tweet or X or whatever you want to say is <laughs> right. Flounder824 on the Twitter or the former Twitter. Right. The uh, X former known as Twitter, of course. Yes, yeah. Really awesome about the interview, though. That's really cool to hear. Um, so everyone check that out. Check out everything on the North South. I actually have another podcast I do, Linking Up Luchas here on the North South, where um, we're going through Lucha Underground, which I've never watched before, and it's been really cool. Like I'm really enjoying it so far. So check that out. I do that with uh, Logan and uh, Jenny, as well as Sean and Scott Shiflett. So that's a real cool one. Thanks as always, Keith, for joining me. We got one more, and then we'll be at Bad Blood. So looking forward to it. Thanks everybody for listening as always, and I'll catch you next time on the Aggressive Podcast. Like a winner to me. Come on, who's that jumping out the sky? Are you Mysterio? Here we go, run the mask out. The girls they pass out. The boys just black out. Better tap out. Yeah, who's that jumping out the sky? Are you Mysterio? Here we go, run the mask out. The girls they pass out. The boys just black out. Better tap out. See?